It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, that was not the way Ohio State wanted to end its college football season. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Tuesday, January 12th, and Ohio State falters in the national championship game to Alabama. The Buckeyes losing to the Crimson Tide 52-24. to And on today's episode, I am joined by Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC and Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes to recap everything in the national championship game from Monday night. It takes mostly from our live reaction show following the national title game on Monday, really that went into early Tuesday morning. We break down the national championship game between Alabama and Ohio State from each and every angle and why the Crimson Tide was able to claim its third national title in the past six years and what went wrong for Ohio State as well. That instant reaction to the national championship game starts now. Jay, as we look at it from the Big Ten perspective, what went wrong for Ohio State this evening? A lot of what's gone wrong the entire season. There have been times where the secondary has looked okay, looked decent. But you saw tonight the soft coverage, the giving up a lot of space to five to eight yards off the line of scrimmage. Even you're having your second corner, seven banks, even sometimes the third, fourth, the fifth receiver receiving option for Alabama. You're you're bailing already before the line of scrimmage. It doesn't work out. And the scheme of the Buckeyes has really – it's been exposed all year, but when you're playing a team like Alabama that has all these weapons, and Mac Jones, like Chris said so well, he's not making difficult throws. He's just making all the simple reads before the snap of the ball a lot of times. This, this is what frustrated me during the game. Before the snap of the ball, you can sometimes tell who on Alabama is going to get the ball. It's kind of that easy. Now, I know I'm not on the field, but the coaches up in the press box, they can see the same thing and start making adjustments during the game. The adjustments weren't made. And it's just when you don't make those adjustments, it's hard. Now, also for the Buckeyes, when you miss Tommy Togiai and Tyreek Smith on the defensive line, you noticed the pressure really wasn't there. Run game was okay, but Najee Harris was doing a lot better than what you what you would, would, would expect. But the defense was on the field for so long. They get worn down, and really any type of comeback was really stalled because they're on the field the whole game. A reminder to everybody, wherever you are watching this live, whether it be through Periscope, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Twitch, if you want to engage with us, do so in the chat. We will take your questions and respond to how we all reacted to the national championship game, Alabama defeating Ohio State 52-24, to the Tide's third national title in the last six years. One thing that stood out to me tonight was some of the conservative play calling and decision making out of Ohio State's Ryan Day. Punting early in that first quarter when it seemed like they needed to respond to Alabama scoring, deciding to kick the field goal that made it 21-17. And about five minutes later, Alabama went into the half up 35-17. to Did that shock you at all, Chris, as you were watching this game play out, the two masterminds on both sides between Ryan Day and Nick Saban for Alabama? Yeah, I mean, especially after, you know, Ryan Day was probably kicking himself after kicking field goals in the Fiesta Bowl last year. Right. Uh, I think what we saw from this Alabama offense all year is you cannot, the minute you surrender and you settle for a field goal, they're answering with a touchdown. And 
it felt that way. I mean, I mean, it took it, it took a spectacular play to force the fumble on um, on Mac Jones, get the ball back, go tie it up 14-14. But it was like it still felt like all right, Ohio State's right there, but man, they got to do something more. They got to do something else. And so, you know, when it was 21-14, they go down and they have to settle for the field goal. I was like, oh god, like this is the killer because if Bama goes right down the field and scores a touchdown, which they did. Uh, you know, it feels like it, it's out of reach already because you start thinking in your head, my God, like, are we going to be able to get enough stops? Like, I, you have enough faith in Justin Fields in the offense. Okay, maybe they can put together some scoring drives in the second half, but you have to get stops. And that's the, the been the toughest part uh, for teams playing this Alabama team this year. I mean, we, we saw it uh, earlier in the year that, that the defense wasn't playing well at times. You know, they gave up a ton of points to Ole Miss. They do. They answered every time. Ole Miss's defense had no chance against this offense, slowing it down. Even the SEC title game, you know, Alabama put up a ton of points. Florida found a way to work their way back in the second half and, and score some points to kind of get it into it. But, again, the Alabama offense, all year long, nobody could slow it down or stop them, and they showed that again tonight. And, Jay, it seemed that in that Sugar Bowl against Clemson, Ryan Day called his best game of the year Ohio State's offense. Really, the entire team performed the best they had all season long. Something was different tonight. I think it goes back to that injury very early on. After the second play, Trey Sermon, the outstanding running back for the Buckeyes, leaving the game, he would not return. He actually left the field and had to be taken to a hospital. How big of an impact did losing Trey Sermon that early on have on Ohio State's offense? I think it was huge, but I don't think Fields mentally was was okay with what Alabama was throwing at him. Yeah, you don't have your running back. When you when Fields drops back to pass, he had a look in his eye against Clemson. He had a look tonight, the same look he had against Northwestern. That's the way I looked at the game. Now, granted, maybe it's because your running back wasn't there. The guy's been your bell cow that's been killing the past three games. But Trey Sermon went off against Northwestern. Trey Sermon was not there tonight. I don't know if it was so much Trey Sermon. I, I'm leaning more towards Justin Fields mentally not being there. But one thing about the play calling, it was really quick repetition, um, quick reps, more of a tempo style, controlling the tempo quick or slow for the offense. Tonight, it was back to the old ways. Oh, get the line of scrimmage, just clap, not snap the ball, look to the sideline, then run the play. So much there is kind of confusing, and it just – I looked at Justin Fields' eyes. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter. I think mentally he just – something wasn't right. Maybe it was his body. I don't know, but something was not right with Fields. And even if we had a good running game, I don't know how much that would have, that would have helped Fields at least move the ball down the field. So, Chris, as we take the perspective of the bigger picture here, Coach Nick Saban, yes, I call him Coach Nick Saban. I tweeted out quickly before we got on the show, Nick Saban looked as happy as he ever has in the postgame interview, and I quickly corrected myself to say Coach Saban. But now this is his seventh national title in his career. That is the most in college football history for a head coach. How do you put that into perspective, what Nick Saban means to all of college football in this moment for him tonight? Yeah, I mean, this solidifies. He is the greatest coach of all, of all time. And, yeah, that's been tough for a lot of fans, a lot of Bama fans that have been obsessive over Bear Bryant and, you know, these people who are calling the Paul Feinbaum show, he'll never be the Bear, you know, that kind of stuff. But this solidifies him, man. I mean, he's a walking legend. You feel that way when you watch the NFL with Bill Belichick, and now it's that way with Nick Saban in college football officially. So, 
Um, my question is, how much longer is he going to do it? I mean, the guy's going to turn 70 later this year. It's like you've done everything you could ever accomplish in a career, and he's not done yet. And, and that thing is he's built such a machine there at Alabama that it recruits itself. You know, he, he doesn't even have to do much work. They, they got the number one cl- recruiting class every freaking year. Uh, guys leave for the NFL. You got five stars right behind them. So he's got a machine there. And it, and it kind of stinks because it feels like, you know, in this era, you know, unfortunately, you could have some great teams. You know, this cl- Trevor Lawrence is leaving college having never won a Heisman and having only won one championship. I mean, it's it, it's crazy to think from that perspective. He's you know, probably the, one of the greatest players, him and Deshaun Watson, two of the best greatest players in Clemson history. And, um, you know, just unfortunately, because of Nick Saban and because of Alabama, he's dominated so much the past decade at, at Alabama. So, no, it's um, I think the, the the topic today is he's the greatest college football coach of all time. The topic tomorrow will be we start to turn the page and how much longer does he want to do this will be the question. The final college football game of the 2020 season did not end the way that many in Big Ten country were hoping it would, I guess, unless you're a Michigan fan or maybe an Indiana fan that still had some resentment to Ohio State. So that's how the college football season ends. But if you bet on Alabama last night, even as they were an eight and a half, nine point favorite, depending on how it ended, you're left happy on this Tuesday morning. And the NFL regular season is done. We are in the playoffs. We have moved past Super Wildcard Weekend onto the divisional rounds this upcoming weekend. And there was only one place that has you covered for all of it and one place that we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That one place is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. So the college football season is over, but college basketball is in the thick of big 10 play and there is a huge game tonight yes tonight on tuesday a top 10 tilt in the big 10 conference between ninth ranked wisconsin visiting seventh ranked michigan as our friends at betonline.ag see it the wolverines one of the few unbeaten teams left in all of college basketball or a three and a half point home favorite the over under total at 135 start to get used to those numbers those spreads those lines those totals from betonline.ag because now we have big 10 basketball to look forward to that's what happens college football ends but Big Ten basketball is still here for us. So regardless of what you're betting on, do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Sadly, the 2020 college football season is over, but the year 2020 is mercifully over. And if you're an Ohio State fan, that game last night in the national title is also mercifully over as well. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and you want more wins, you got to make sure to listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball. They will definitely have a pick for the Wisconsin-Michigan game tonight. They have NFL football locked and loaded for the playoffs this weekend and NBA locks all 
all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcast. Our instant reaction to the national championship game from last night between Ohio State and Alabama continues on. And you know Coach Nick Saban already turning the page, getting ready to recruit as he does. He doesn't enjoy national championships all that much. He gets a good night's sleep, and then he's back on the recruiting trail as well. Jay, as you look at the Ohio State perspective for this game, after a crazy year in the Big Ten Conference when the Buckeyes fought to play after it was stopped and taken away from them, and then they got back on the field and some of the rule changes that allowed Ohio State to even be in this position tonight. And Chris, I would love your thoughts on this as well. How do you remember this year for Ohio State if you're a Buckeyes fan? It was special, man. It was a special year from Ben, as you know, the confusion back in August from a schedule to a cancellation to being in limbo and not knowing what's going to happen next to finding out you will have a season, finding out when your first game will be, finding out that, oh, we're going to play uh, two or three games in a row, then cancellations happen, you don't have the games, and then all of a sudden you're playing every other week, it seems, even like the latter part of the latter part of the season, Michigan State. You don't play the Wolverines, Big Ten Championship, then the regularly scheduled bye week or off week before the Sugar Bowl, then basically another off week there. So the season was just different, but the season was still special. It wasn't ended the way the Buckeye fans would like for it to have ended in any season. Championship for most fans. I know people out there that'll say, yeah, it's a good season. Yeah, it's a good thing that we're there. But you play to win every game you play. It's unfortunate the Buckeyes didn't win the championship. But as Chris talked about recruiting, as Ohio State fans still are very excited for Ryan Day, I don't want to look ahead too soon, but if you are a person that looks ahead, turns the page very quickly because of the beatdown that happened tonight, Ryan Day recruiting, things are going to be looking very, very well for them, just like they are for Alabama. There are a lot of bigger crews. There's still more guys. That'll be, that'll be committing verbally to Ohio State that, of course, signed the National Letter of Intent to be a Buckeye very soon. There's a lot of good things coming. Ryan Day is doing something special in Columbus, something that Nick Saban started in Tuscaloosa back in 2007. Ryan Day is trying to build up and make better what Urban Meyer made in Columbus back when he started, I believe, in 2012. So things are bright, but the season it did not end the way that many Buckeye fans would like for it to. Ryan Day is only 41 years old. Nick Saban hadn't even won a national championship at that stage of his career. So the future is still very bright for the head man in Columbus, Ohio. Chris, this is the first time we've really spoken across the Locked On Podcast Network's college channel. What did you make of everything going down in the Big Ten this year, allowing Ohio State to play in that Big Ten title game, although I would say it's an arbitrary made-up rule for pandemic season, played in the middle of the pandemic, whatever, I get over that. But what did you make of everything that happened during this Big Ten campaign to allow Ohio State to play in the national championship game this evening? Well, if you listen to a lot of our Texas A&M fans, they were saying they shouldn't be in it. They don't deserve it. They'd only played six games. And so you know, there was a lot of people saying that. But, um, no, look, I think in hindsight, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I think the big – you know, if I'm the Ohio State, I'm, I'm blaming the Big Ten and pointing fingers at them and saying, look, we're happy you guys finally came around, but – Look at the leadership of what Greg, Greg Sankey did at the SEC. He didn't throw his hands up in the air and said, it can't be done. He said, no, how can this be done safely? And, um, you know, sp let's spend the money on the resources to test and find a way to make this season happen. And the SEC, I thought, did it right. They allowed them, themselves some weeks to make up games throughout the course of the season, and they ended up using that. Uh, as we saw as the year went along, they had games that got postponed. They made them up. I think what only one or 
two games weren't played all year. So, I mean, they they, they did it the right way. And I think if, if you're Ohio State, I don't think Ohio State's to blame because, remember, they were the ones at the forefront. Them and Nebraska were out there saying, we want to play. Let us play. Uh, Justin Fields is one of the kids signing the petition. We want to play. Let us play. I think they should be pointing the finger at the Big Ten saying, hey, you guys made a big mistake here. And, you know, I think if you're an Ohio State fan, right, you know, the big argument was, oh, they're – they were more well-rested. That's why they beat Clemson and all this. I think the counter-argument, maybe if they played that game against Maryland, they were more battle-tested. Maybe if they played yeah. that game against Michigan, maybe they were more battle-tested for a game like this today. So I, I don't know. We'll never know because the season went the way it did. But uh, from an outsider perspective, a lot of people, especially across the SEC, didn't think Ohio State belonged in the game tonight. And I'm sure some people probably, with how it played out, justified that opinion. Just to add a little fuel to the fire there, the 52-24 final count was also the same score that Alabama crushed Texas A&M by earlier this college football season. In my mind, if Ohio State fans look back at this year, I think it should be with a smile on their face because of the fact of how vocal they were in the fight to get Big Ten football to be played, for Justin Fields to be the face of the We Want to Play movement, to end up in a national championship game, to have a shot at taking home the national title is a huge accomplishment for them. It should be a year not with an exception and an asterisk on their thing it should be an exclamation point to where they ended up this year let's give out some honors for tonight right I think we can all agree that Devontae Smith probably the offensive MVP but who was another guy that you were really impressed by in their performance tonight Jay we'll start with you it doesn't have to be an Ohio State guy it could be an Alabama guy if you want oh my put me on the spot Devontae Smith was kind of there um I will say this and I'm going with another offensive guy for Alabama Najee Harris a lot of tough runs, and it wasn't so much his runs. If you look at the stat sheet, look at it right now, 22 carries, 79 yards, 3.6 yards a pop. That doesn't pop out at you. But he had seven catches, I believe, in the game for 79 yards, one touchdown, 11.3 yards per reception. And his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and to scoot and to make people miss or to just run through defenders, that was very, very key. Because like Chris talked about earlier, Mac Jones didn't make very many difficult throws a lot of them went to Najee Harris and Devonta Smith during the game I tweeted out it was in the first half this is a three-man offense and I know there's more players there I mean John Metchie had eight catches uh Jalen Waddle had three catches off the bench I mean I get it there's more people to the offense but it's Mac Jones Najee Harris Devonta Smith you can't look at this offense I think Najee Harris is a bigger factor than a lot of people think because if he can't run the ball if he can't catch the ball it makes things a lot harder for Mac Jones to get the ball out to other people on the offense. But Najee Harris catching the ball out of the backfield, to me, was huge for Alabama tonight. Chris, are you going with somebody on the offensive side for the tide or maybe a defensive star that played a good game for Alabama? Yeah, I mean, Christian uh, Bar Barrymore played really well up front for uh, for Alabama. I know he got the late hit uh, late in the game, but he had a big tackle for a loss on a stop. Uh, I think it was on the fourth and two that stopped the Ohio State. Yeah. Um, I thought he played phenomenally. I'll, I'll just say this. One guy to keep an eye on moving forward, John Mechie. He was kind of the the number three guy, uh, you know, good part of the year. Stepped up as kind of the number two guy after Jalen Waddle went out um, early in the year. But John Mechie, eight catches tonight, 81 yards. It won't be talked about at all, but this is kind of the tone setter for next year. He's going to be the guy with Devontae Smith gone and Jalen Waddle gone. So, He'll be the next guy up, and we'll be talking about probably John Mechie as a Heisman candidate next year because he's going to be ridiculous and 
catching tons of passes, but he was the guy tonight. I mean, it felt like so often Ohio State's like, all right, third and six. We got a chance to get a stop. No, John Mechie, 10-yard catch, move the chains. First down was like, my gosh, like it, you just – they couldn't get off the field, and, and that was frustrating if you were an Ohio State fan. Still plenty more to come from our reaction to the national championship game, but I'll be honest, I was a little bit sad with Ohio State's performance. It was not the way that I wanted the year to end for a Big Ten team playing in the national championship game. Could they beat Alabama? It was going to be a tall order, but could it be more competitive? Yeah, so right now I'm a little sad, but this is why I love the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Big Ten, and rockauto.com, because they know when I'm feeling down, one thing can pick me up, and that's that jingle. I can't wait to get to it. But before we get to that, you have to hear about the convenient self-service you can receive at rockauto.com. You don't need to go pay a body shop or a mechanic a bunch of expensive prices to fix your car. If you know what you need, you can go to rockauto.com, use their extensive catalog, and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, mortar oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. You don't need to leave your house. You don't need to leave your couch. You can find what you need in a great way for your car delivered directly to you. And the best part about rockauto.com is the prices. They are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you here from the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, here we go. This is going to pick my spirits up. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto rockauto.com yeah the jingle did make me feel a lot better thanks very much rockauto.com make sure you go to rockauto.com the ncaa tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Some closing thoughts on the national championship game with Locked On SEC's Chris Cordy and Locked On Buckeyes' Jay Stevens and some closing thoughts on the college football season and the college football playoff overall. But on tomorrow's episode, it's also an instant reaction post-game podcast with my two good friends from the Locked On Big Ten podcast community. The host of Locked On Wolverines, Isaiah Hall, and the host of Locked On Badgers, Asher Lowe, reacting to the huge matchup in Big Ten basketball from Tuesday night. Seventh-ranked Michigan, unbeaten seventh ranked Michigan hosting Wisconsin at the Chrysler Center in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Huge battle at the top of the Big Ten basketball standings. That all comes tomorrow, but first, some of our closing thoughts on the final game of the college football season. Let's end this locked on college football national championship post game live stoking the fire a little bit as we head into the 2021 college football season. Alabama dominant tonight. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame have claimed 22 of the potential 28 spots in the seven-year history of the college football playoff. Do you guys want to see an expanded format as we move forward? And do you think the format we're in currently is hurting the sport on a national level? Uh, I'll start. I mean, I, I, I think we all would like to see an expanded playoff. But I'll just caution and say, you know, what was your favorite part of the Alabama Notre Dame playoff game? You know, I mean, it, it, it personally, it wasn't that competitive and that was the four seed 
you know, there was all this debate on who should be, you know, or, you know, who should be in, who should be out. So I just, uh, part of me kind of says, are we going to water down the product if we put, uh, you know, more teams in? Obviously, Cincinnati versus Georgia was a fantastic Chick-fil-A bowl. You know, that could have easily been a playoff, a playoff type game. Uh, Coastal Carolina would have loved to have seen them get a chance against a big dog and see what they could do. But I don't know. Uh, I think we're good. The point I'm making is we're going to see an expanded playoff, whether you like it or not. It's going to come once this current contract ends. But uh, I just wonder, is it worth it? Are there going to be eight teams every year worthy of playing for a championship? And by the way, footnote, don't do the conference championship BS. Like people keep people keep saying, oh, let's take the conference champion from the Big Ten, the conference champion from the Pac-12. No, because a lot of years the SEC has two teams worthy. Or the ACC, like this year, Clemson, Notre Dame, has two teams worthy. Or the Big Ten might have two teams worthy. You can't put up a wall against that. Sometimes two of the best teams in the country come from the same conference. It happens. But you can't do this thing where let's reward the Pac-12. No, Pac-12, sorry. If you suck, you don't get a team in. That's that's how this works. This year, that Pac-12 champion would have been a 4-2 and two Oregon team that shouldn't even have played in the conference championship game. As our guy B. Bean is commenting here, since 2006, the SEC has won 11 of 15 national title games. That's about a 73% clip. So he is saying, do not expand the playoff. It would just mean more blowouts. Jay Stevens, we end with your thoughts here on the Locked On College Football post-game live show for the national championship reaction. I am not for expansion. Uh, I haven't been before. I actually was not a fan of the playoff once it first started. And as it keeps going on, I have been a bigger uh, advocate to not have the playoff and to go back to some form of the old system. Now, I understand people don't like the BCS polling. People don't like the human polling. You can't make people happy. But I'm not a fan of uh, expansion because I think what you're going to find is it's going to be just even more blowouts. It's going to be even more lopsided games. Uh, matchups that may seem okay on paper, but on the field, it's completely different. Um, I think expansion, you're going to keep finding the same thing. The same schools will be in the top of recruiting. The same schools will be in the playoff at the top four. The same schools will be actually there trying to compete for a national championship. One, they're top in recruiting because they also have an elite coach. There's a reason why five through eight circulate every year and one through four normally do not. That's part of the reason why I'm not a fan of, of expansion. Um, but like Chris said, it's inevitable. Uh, part of the reason is not just because people are wanting it. The money is going to be too big. And whatever network, ESPN or Fox, or if they have some split type of thing where both networks get the broadcast games, the money is going to be too big to not expand the playoff. But I'm not, not an advocate of it. And I don't know if you can do anything to change my mind within the next six months to get me to be uh, for expansion. As Jay said right there, college football fans can't agree on a lot. I think one thing we can agree on, Alabama was clearly the best team in college football this year as the Crimson Tide win their third oh, yeah. national title in the past six years, defeating Ohio State in dominant fashion, 52-24. to 24. Nick Saban now the winningest head coach when it comes to national championships in college football history, taking a step past the Bear and Bear Bryant. Nick Saban winning his seventh national title in his career tonight. So many thanks to both Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC and Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes. Jay has been on this show countless times throughout the college football season. We thank him for always being so willing for coming on this podcast. We will hear from him throughout Big Ten basketball this season. And Chris Gordy, 
giving us the SEC perspective from the national championship game, a game that favored the SEC team, Alabama winning 52 to 24 over Ohio State. And if I'm a Buckeyes fan, as I mentioned in that conversation, I still look back on this season in a very positive manner. Everything that it took to even get to this stage to play in a national championship game, all the hurdles they had to get over, all the adversity they had to deal with this season, Ohio State was at the forefront of wanting to play, for wanting the opportunity to even compete for a Big Ten championship and a national championship. They got that. It wasn't the performance they were hoping for in Miami against Alabama, but still, when Ohio State fans look back on the 2020 Big Ten football season and the college football season in general, I think they should look back on it in a very positive light, and I think Ohio State fans will. So that is the completion of the Big Ten football season, the college football season here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. I'm sure we'll be diving into 2021 with hopefully a full schedule and things returning a little bit more to what normal feels like in college football for next year very soon. But now our focus, at least for the next few months, is Big Ten basketball and that all starts on tomorrow's episode a recap of a huge game within the conference ninth ranked wisconsin seventh ranked michigan on tuesday night we get a reaction from locked on badgers asher Lowe and locked on wolverines isaiah hole in a round table type of format to recap one of the biggest games of the big 10 basketball season up until this point it should be a lot of fun look out for that coming tomorrow on wednesday's episode but until we get to wednesday have a splendid tuesday NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.